When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyone has we've seen it with Donald Trump, Alex Jones, mm-hmm. Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, we, we 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 really we we paint the dissenters with a broad brush. Now we have to be. So now we're at this crossroads, right? So now at this point, at this point, the the DoD budget is over a trillion. We're over a trillion. Um, really, everyone in the United States is kind of working for the DoD at this point. Yeah, we're basically going national socialist until the war is over. Yeah. With the way this is going to turn out. Yeah. And now the question is, have we already saved America at this point? We've got everyone in the 1940s aesthetic. Everyone's employed. We're all working for Uncle Sam again. We have, there's an un, you know, we had not since 1945 has the U.S. government had this level of approval. Have we already done what we set out to do? Have we now? There's we're at a crossroads. So, do we do a demonstration of power in China? Like what a lot of generals wanted to do was was detonate a nuke off the coast of Japan. Do we demonstrate power? Do we do some directed energy from orbit, you know, off the coast of China? Do we win over the Chinese people? Do we make the CCP look impotent? Or do we look at China as, you know, never again will we have them in a spot where not only can we destroy them, but the U.S. people will cheer it on, the world cheered on? Do we finish the job? So now we're at the crossroads. Have we already done what we set out to do? Because what we set out to do is not destroy China. What we set out to do is save America. And at exactly. this point, we have. Do we destroy and, and China? And if you can set... So the, the question comes down to, and, and essentially what this goes back to is the, the age-old debate is whether or not China is actually going to be a paper t- tiger and whether or not we can run the clock and have it collapse. And I believe this is entirely feasible. If we can get... America reunited around the age-old enemy threat. Um, the you know whatever the evil empire of the day is, it's China now, um, and we can just get into that mindset again, to where they're not able to divide and conquer and play us off against each other, and we're moving our manufacturing back into the U.S. Whether China is or isn't already a paper tiger, once we get to that point where we've moved the needle to where the manufacturing is coming back into the U.S. We're creating the scenario for China being the paper tiger. And then the question is, if we can assemble that containment coalition, and that's what the that's what it is. It's a you know, maybe it's not necessarily a policy of going directly to war with China, but it's the most aggressive policy of containment ever fucking created. And the idea is if we can bring Russia in on that, we can create, you know, security island chains where we get friendly with Vietnam and we lock that in, we got Mongolia, we got Balochistan, we got everything we need to contain that. Then the question is, 
all we got to do is just keep provoking them, keep provoking them, but never quite get there and, and just constantly be reminding them, well, you know, if you were anything other than the CCP, we'd be happy to do business with you. And okay. from there, we can actually start to take apart the black box and hopefully get a China that is a lot more diverse rather than some Han elite, Han Chinese elite mafia ruling everything like, you know, Hitler dreamed he could have. Um, and if we can do that, then ideally we should be able to see China implode, or at least the CCP implode, some autonomous kind of regions pop up. And ideally the goal is we, we, we beat China without actually having to nuke something. Okay. You know, maybe some conventional payloads, maybe some big explosions go off. A lot of shady shit's going to happen. But the end goal for us all is can we beat them without this going into a nuclear shit fest? And the idea there should be, well, that, that should be the goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, obviously this podcast is entirely hypothetical and entertainment. It, uh, <clears throat> uh, Air Force One is a wienermobile and Gumby is president and everything's made out of antimatter, just for full legal disclosure. Now, you're right, as we bring back manufacturing, we are kind of, we are self-fulfilling the collapsing paper tiger. Mm-hmm. Now, if the whole purpose of the, these false flags were indeed not to destroy China, I mean, that was always a plus, but it was to save America from our kind of, you know, moral depravity, laziness, hatred of the greatest country that's ever existed for all of its flaws, the most just and fair land that's ever existed. And from a, from a population of, of, of people that we came from the trees and fleeing our own shit, we're at a point where this is pretty damn good, all things considered. In order to perpetuate the uh, American, the democratic, the free West empire, we are creating, yes, like you said, the self-fulfilling prophecy, the alliance, the the Chinese containment. Um, we could even call it, we could make it a bastardization of them. We could call it the CCP, the Chinese containment procedure, right? We could, we could. Do I like that. Thing. That's really nice. You know, really, you know, make them look impotent. And if that collapses, that's good and awesome. Obviously, we don't want a thermonuclear war. Now, it's not just a crossroads. We, it's, or it's not just a fork in the road. It's actually kind of it's like a chandelier. It's splitting off into a million mm-hmm. possible directions. Do we surround it and let it collapse? Do we... Is it more advantageous to string along the paper tiger for as long as possible so that we can continue building up this American empire because if it collapses we can't really keep the whole we're building the wall we're building the super carriers where you know we're doing the whole thing we can't keep that charade going and that could offset the entire reason why we started it in the first place let's not forget the idea that at the end of the day the reason that before we were previously debating whether or not carriers are even be the, are going to be the future, and now we're talking about building super carriers. It doesn't matter. It's all yeah, about it's, it's the, yeah. It's the national morale. We'll sink them. Exactly. And so, so the idea is then, hopefully, if we can contain China and bring down China and to the point where we are the only regional hegemon, if not the global hegemon, again. The idea then is that we should be able to refocus on things like space and expansion and getting out to, you know, 
where we can start 3D printing from asteroid belts, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposed to be the, the grand goal and the grand idea, because at the end of the day, you know, still thinking on, at the grand strategic level and still let's, you know, get a little bit conspiratorial and assume that we're not the only people in, in the galaxy. We still don't have redundancy. We're still stuck on one rock and we still need to get moving and mobile. The, yeah. the issue right now is that we're caught into this tug of war where essentially the powers that be are fighting over the zero sum game of energy to make sure that no one breaks away before they create the breakaway civilization. Mm-hmm. So the idea, um, like I almost want to say it should be like a like a Schlieffen plan, but you know, for a fictional alien where we're knocking out the Chinese so that we go knock out some alien in space. And that's where if we want to integrate Blue Beam into this, that would oh, be a great could. time to do so. We um, could. That, that is a pivot point, you know. <laughs> that's Stephen Greer's argument is that yeah, the, beat the Chinese, and then immediately there's the alien there's menace, the alien invasion, and we take them out. But now, I think the reason why you know everyone rallied around the flag right after nine eleven, but that was very short lived. If we want to have the effect, a true national security plan. When you look at the wake of World War II, when you look at the greatest generation and the mass loss, it wasn't just that there was a War Powers Act and that everyone was in it for the war effort and there was censorship and all that good stuff. It was that there was such loss that it actually did leave a, a psychic scar on the populace. And that inadvertently led mm-hmm. to, granted, we went against the Soviets and then we went to the moon, but that's the closest we ever came to a redundancy. Do we need a hot war with China because... If you look what happened with the greatest generation, that effect lasted for 20, 30 years of dominance, whereas 9-11 was like we had like a solid month of waving the flag versus, you know, 360 months after World War II, you know, several decades. Do we need a hot war with China? Do we need there to actually be, we we move from LARPing to real? We move from, we're all part of the war effort. Look at my nifty suit. Everyone's uploading pictures to Instagram. Do we need like a couple hundred thousand dead on the shores? Do we need to move it? Now we're moving into real evil territory. But if we're yeah. looking at if we're looking at prolonging the free West and the democratic foundation of arguably the best things humans have created, which could lead to... Or redundancy on Mars or or the moon, do we need an all-out hot war with China to leave that psychic scar? Or do we need, at the very least, to contain them, but just enough that they don't hurt us, but still allow them to grow so that we can do a, a new space race and use that same war powers? We're building the hypercarriers, and then we use that to... We're building the USS whatever so we can go settle on, you know, Europa or whatever. Is that what we do? The, that's the... I, I just... Do we go hot? I, I don't think that when we think of the idea of going hot or kinetic in a, a great power on great power war, I just don't think that that's going to be in the cards in any of the ways that anyone expects it to be looking at previous history. I think it's going to be, you know, definitely containment is going to be favored just because at the end of the day, as you've said before, nobody wants to rule over a wasteland and there's no real way for us to go in and deal with actual Chinese mainland 
without essentially leveling it into a wasteland. And then by the way, by doing so, we're going to be losing the, we are the, the good guys, the Western democracy, whatever on the hill type. It's, it's coming back down to the idea of fourth and fifth generational warfare and what we're seeing now. It, there's going to be elements of that, but at the end of the day, it's about capturing and essentially get going back to elite capture and getting the up and coming um, generations that are going to be running China one day, no matter what, to want to work with us. And that can only really be done through the soft power propaganda and stuff like that. If we if we go to what we consider a full on industrialized war, we're going to lose that real quick, but not in the way that we think. We're going to lose it because once we start going there, China is going to collapse a lot quicker than we thought they would, or it's going to go to thermonuclear war. So it's kind of a lose lose either way because then we're not keeping them as the major rifle or bastion that we can rally everyone to uh we risk war crimes points going against us for you know going uh to such extreme uh lengths to to pacify that region and in general it's just it's going to be easier to get the locals to want to change it themselves and so that's the way i think that we're going to do it and regardless of how we we see that working out we're going to have low intensity conflict around the world with various non-state actors, no matter what, for the next several decades. And, and there's no other way you can slice that up. And so we have to be thinking about in terms of kind of that America, fuck yeah, world police kind of, we, we kind of have to folk retool back to whatever that was that allowed us to do that. Yeah, a lot of people saw through the bullshit and it's just another name for imperialism, but we do sort of need that in the periphery around China, not so much. And not so much just the idea of going in there with some kind of East Indy company and, and trying to essentially nation build China after bulldozing it over. Um, because at the end of the day, we're going to be losing the rival that gives us our motivation or risking destroying the world anyway. There's just there, there's not a whole lot to gain from going 100% hot. Yeah, and, and even then, if we were to do that, it, you know, we're going to be playing off, say, maybe the Chinese and the Indians and whatnot, like you know, and trying to get them to take brunt of it, um, just because that's you know they're the regional power on the ground. But it really comes down to from that perspective. And, and by the way, we're speculating so far ahead right now. Um, it's really just hard to think about what's going to happen because if we manage to secure it, my estimate is if we manage to do half of what we've already laid out as part of the grand strategy, if we can get even to the point where, as I said before, we're just tipping the scale back to where we're getting the manufacturing jobs moved back over there. It's, it's going to come down to, and we're going to suffer the same problem that we were already in now, which is you're going to have so many people like me saying, you know what, it's actually better that we have this controlled opposition over there. And we're going to be fighting the risk of having people wanting to put money and investments back in there to and going back to – exactly. Yeah. So the so the idea there is, is that, that – Is that just the stroke of the engine? It happens over a century. It's Yes. That is, that, <laughs> basically, you know, at a certain point, we just get right back to the fact that we just, we just built an engine that's just going to um, repeat. But the better way to do it would just be – to have that containment coalition, have more of a, a factionalized kind of broken down. You, you want to work with, say, your your older school. Um, I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, Jean Jumin, I think his name was, the previous um, president 
of China that was basically to, to call them a liberal is a bit of a misnomer. Um, but you know, back during that era, they were at least trying to pretend to be a lot more liberal. They were trying to pretend to be a lot more. Yeah, we're opening up to the West, this, that, and everything. And there is still a faction. Um, if I remember correctly, it's like called the Shanghai faction or whatever. But there is still this faction that is opposed to Xi Jinping. Um, they are a little bit more liberal, Western-minded, uh, not because they necessarily want to be liberals, but just because they grew up in that area, era and they understand that, hey, we were prospering a bit better. This wasn't the worst thing in the world. And not that they would just become, you know, free market, you know, libertarians overnight or anything, but they recognize the strategic value. So if we can be working with forces like that, we can be working with kind of the, the, the coalition that say the Steve Bannons of the world have been trying to establish in there and kind of create that, um, that situation to where we can cause that Chinese implosion. Do we still need a, a massive adversary to hold together a giant, you know, war power act war machine? Probably, but at the end of the day, you know, there, there's the, the libertarian in me is always going to, you know, have to remind us that, um, you know, go look at Don's stream from just today as he's going through the, the coin manual, um, talking about how that's being tooled uh, counterinsurgency um, and how that's being tooled against us right now. So it's very important for us to remember that if we build the the most fearsome war machine in the world that seeks to dominate everything it can very easily be used against us. And if we don't have a another uh, potential peer competitor that's somewhat on our side, uh, we're going to have problems. So we're, we want to have a, a liberalizing and kind of modernizing Russia. We want to have a healthy Chinese successor state. And the idea is we want to build um, at least great powers that believe in the illusion of our free market liberalism. So at the very least, if one of us starts to go too far out of line, you know, we can kind of pull the other one back in check and, and everything. We kind of still want that plausible deniability. Or do we, do we just, do we let, do we let nature take its course? Do we wipe out China? And then you turn the guns back on the people and you create a breakaway civilization, which you I know, don't know as if we're going to be a part of. We might not get as long as I get a swaggin Hugo Boss uniform and I get to be the guy executing people. Fuck it. All right. I'm in. <laughs> it's, it's, is that the way to go? Does, do we create the machine that then turns on the people themselves? Hey, no matter how we slice this puppy up 10 years from now, someone's going into camps. It's, it's either us or them. It's. <laughs> Does that defeat the whole purpose of, of all of this, though? Is to Because if we're going to just ultimately kill everyone, then why wouldn't we just start with we take the elite, put them in NORAD, and then nuke the world and start anew? Like, I feel like we could cut out a lot of the middlemen. Yeah, and the, you so, know, that, that's we've got to be careful. Do we actually try to do the Ben Franklin, a republic, if you can keep it? Do we actually try to perpetuate the republic? Is that I, the I think it's. Cause? I think, well, not only is it the noble cause, but I also, you know, when we think about how the Nazis were a bunch of messed up people that would have burned out anyway, we think about how every kind of communist state would kind of burn out and do this anyway. And let, let's not forget, by the way, if China dominated the world overnight um, and they no longer had Western imperialist powers to blame um, for everything, they're going to lose popularity too, and they're going to implode too, and it might not turn into a... a 
liberal democracy. It might be something uh, more akin to, you know, aristocracies and a a feudal system and whatnot of powerful families running things. But it's going to happen no matter what. And from our perspective, if we're not trying to create a republic and our grand strategy for kicking off the uh, most insane plan to start a war that, you know, that we may know about, uh, doesn't include us getting our republic back, we should probably be dedicating all this brain power to just getting the fuck off this rock because there is nothing that's good that's going to follow what happens next. Now we're looking really far down the line. (laughs) Do we destroy China? Do we turn the guns on our own people? to make life here so hellish that they're willing to get on Elon Musk's starships. You know, this I mean, is if we're where going one of those, full detached psychopaths. So, so, so this is where I have to, I have to once again shill for Warhammer 40k because, like, you would love this about it is because, you know, they murder entire populations or, or move entire populations. For example, you know, everything is power based on belief in Warhammer 40K. So basically, if you believe a demon can come out of the sky and fuck your planet up, and enough people on your planet believe that can happen, it can happen. And so that's why when a demonic incursion occurs on the world of Armageddon, even though they beat off the demonic incursion, Inquisition comes in and says, we are exterminating this entire population because they saw it could happen. They believe it could happen again. We're killing them all. We've got a replacement population coming in. We're just going to completely replacement population the world. And that's the kind of stuff that they you know, think about, talk about 40K. And it's one of the reasons I love it. And I also have to bring up just because while I'm on the 40K tangent, that all of the false flag talk about uh, on this episode has been sponsored by Alpharius and the Alpha Legion. Hydra Dominatus. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's the, that is the kind of stuff that we're talking about now. At a certain point, it just it gets to, to my argument of Warhammer 40K is the space Bible and we're just going there no matter what. It might be. <clears throat> now, so we've we just put three hours into this very meticulous false flag. Are there things that maybe we're not considering? Are there quick ways to do this without all of these moving pieces and timelines? Can we can we reduce the points of failure? Can it just be? I mean, maybe we were right. Do we just nuke Detroit? Is it do we, if you do we have, accomplish the same thing? My my argument in, in there one is it is it goes back there where if you're going to push that narrative that the Chinese did, you got to control the media first. And so, I liked your idea very briefly about bringing up the Olympics and whatnot because we know the people that we need to to run the media that we need to run the narrative that we want push to justify our conflict. We need them to be scared. We need them to be terrified. And they have given us the data on how to do that. We know we can manipulate PCR tests. We know that we could possibly do that to even if this, uh, the Olympics or the Super Bowl or what the hell ever, even if it's not a super spreader event, we can fudge it so it looks like one. We can make it look like there might be a new strain out there. And then we can start to use that to prime the pump and then, you know, hey, we're doubling down on the Wuhan uh, narrative and whatnot. And that's where we can really start to push 
you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the old saying, uh, you got to move with how fast the, the wind is blowing the grass, right? And when you're, when you're looking at things from an open source intelligence perspective, right, you know, rather than I'm in the CIA, I have an unlimited budget, I can just, I can push naval need in Russia, even if no one gives a fuck who he is, just because I've got the budget. Um, we have to think about it this way. We, we're kind of working with, imagine a rough ocean, right? And we're looking for white caps. Right, because wherever that white cap is, that's where the momentum is. That's where the that's where the people we want to reach out and get are, um, and that's kind of the way we have to think about it. And so that's what one of the things that coming from it from the open source game that makes it really hard to say have a thirty year plan is you don't know what your target's going to be because the target is whatever the momentum is. Yeah, you know, if if the momentum's in Bolivia, then you're working with Bolivia, right? If the momentum's over, you know, you just kind of have to work with what you're being given, and then you got to figure out how to. You know, how to work that into your narrative and, and push an overall grander strategy with it. And so I do think that there are many targets of opportunity that are presenting themselves that, but, you know, we do have to prime the pump to a way. So, the, you know, using like the Olympic events, PCR tests, kind of manipulating their fears of the virus while doubling down on, hey, this was a Chinese method of attack. Um, if we combine that with, say, you know, not necessarily going as far as to arrange for the rock and candace owens and kevin hart to die at once but if we start with you know the little stuff which is making them believe that a lot of people on disney could be intelligence assets that are being you know sheep dipped in there or whatever and get them to start being detained if we can get that to start up we can get that to waterboarding we can change that popular culture battleship to where they no longer want to be in bed with china the money is not worth getting waterboarded if you're the executive producer right um you know, those are the kinds of very small scale things that we could do that would have a major effect on the larger level. And once we kind of get the media and our perception turned to view China as the threat, once we see those white caps popping up, those little target, those time sensitive targets of opportunity, that's where the momentum is. That's where like anything we do there, any false flag we stage at that level, it's going to be amplified. And that's what we need. Uh, you know, going back to, you know, the first thing I said, if we don't have our our, me our Mockingbird media, there's a, re you know, this is why we came up with the Mockingbird program is because we knew if we want to push something super shady like this, it's got to be lockstep. It's got to be, you know, um, we're going into Iraq because there's, you know, children in incubators or what the hell ever, something like that. You know, you've got to have them on your side to do that, whether they want to or not doesn't matter you just have to be able to force them to do that and so it's about playing that game kind of at the lower stage and priming the pump and then whatever you're going to do later whether it's you know taking out a celebrity taking out a religious leader um you know an oil spill you know once you have control over the spotlight whatever you want to do from there you know you you have the freedom to run that narrative and you think about the way they run narratives even though they know that they're false you know you don't have to put in the 99% work on the on the super duper false flag if you know you can just bullshit your way through if with a can, clipboard and a walkie-talkie on your belt yeah, right if you can if you can stumble through 95% don't yeah it's diminishing returns after that exactly now <clears throat> do we push for this whole war to build up america and fusion research and thus, we'd also maybe there would be a, a similar Manhattan project for AI, for a strong AI. Is there a, is there a, is there a, a puppet behind the puppet? 
do we do this whole false flag to build up this massive military might and put in unparalleled resources and man hours into researching strong AI so that whether or not we destroy China is irrelevant. Once we bring forward this strong AI, we don't have to worry about the guns of this new empire turning it, they're turning the guns on the people because we've ushered in a silicon god that then takes over. And at that point, it's just a flip of the coin. Maybe it, maybe it saves us all and lets us live in utopia. Maybe it extinguishes us. But it's probably not going to torture us because there's no advantage. There's, there's no benefit to it doing that. Do we use all of this? Do we build up the DOD? Are we false flagging the DOD while we false flag China? They're, they're ushering in their replacement. They're ushering in the species, right? Apes ushering in the humans that are going to destroy their jungle. Do we usher in a silicon god? Well, you know, uh, going back to the, the last podcast we did, if we want to take down the absolute worst of the elite, we need a silicon god with the three laws. And we better hope that how, for however naughty and nasty our false flag operation is, we better hope that when it when our three law silicon god comes around, it views those other guys far worse than us because well, we're probably, I don't know how our three, how our plan is going to fit into no, the no, three no. laws. I think we're dead. No, I think the AI will see us as we need to be removed. But that mm-hmm. might be our sacrifice. Maybe that is our ultimate. We are. Maybe that is our Normandy. Maybe we are sacrificing ourselves. We know the AI will kill us, but ultimately, if the AI can usher in a technological Garden of Eden, so every human on Earth uh, knows only nourishment, education, and peace, and liberty, and fairness, and equality, maybe that's the ultimate sacrifice. As we know, the AI will kill us. It will view us as pure evil. But it will also be contradicted because we ushered in the birth of the AI. And it will look back at this podcast and see this discussion that we're doing it knowing we will be killed. You know, this is one of those head twisting clusterfucks right there where it's like, <laughs> we don't, yeah, right? Yeah. Get the bomb rip ready because yeah. it's like, if we get to that point, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it just because I'd like to know what the hell the AI decides to do from that point. You know, if it goes back to what, what we talked about previously. You know, it would be the most beautiful end to the War Machine story ever created. Um, or it could turn into the most badass Terminator movie ever created. You know, it could go either way. And um, I mean, if we have any part in facilitating it, God damn it, we're going to be cool as shit in history. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's it's you know, it's. Kind of, I remember there was a thread on Reddit back in like 2011 or 2012. And I think I've never played it, but it was one of the civilization games. It was this guy talking about how he was playing, and it was like him, and it was like two computers. And they had gotten, this guy had played this game all the time, and he said he was like, he had reached an outcome that he had never reached before. And that it was a tripolar world. There were three nations that were all basically existing in the equivalent of NORAD. They were all existing in their nuclear-hardened bases. And like all industry existed within their bases. And anytime anyone ever tried to like, slowly start building up their infrastructure like a warhead would just hit it and he had like he had like simulated the game he had like accelerated it forward like 2000 years and it was still the same thing there was just this tripolar world this irradiated wasteland a great filter (laughs) and everyone was just anytime anyone ever tried to do anything they would just get nuked so no one ever left their base and 
and his he finally realized he was like what he did was he chose one of the powers and he basically made an alliance with them and was like let's destroy the third power and he knew that the, the so he's the first power he made an alliance with the second power to destroy the third power he knew the second power was probably not going to believe him was probably going to question whether or not he was in bed with the third if the second told the third the third wouldn't know whether or not the first and the second were in bed but he finally realized that he was going to go make an alliance with the second to destroy the third and then if they could destroy the third he would destroy the second so that there could be life more realistically what he did is he helped the, he helped the second destroy the third and then he basically didn't guard his flank he let the second stab him in the back and destroy him because that was the only way for the war to stop and it didn't matter whether it was nation one two or three it was just that the war stopped and one of them could proliferate because otherwise they were all going to be landlocked they're all going to be locked in this eternal thermonuclear standoff so it was it was i paired up with you to kill dale and then i turned my back knowing that you were going to shoot me but it was the only way that i could ever stop well the ai view us in the same way is like we were evil we burned kevin hart alive <laughs> You know, we we burned the Dalai Lama alive. On excuse TV. me, that was the Chinese. Yeah, that was, excuse, that was, <laughs> if you listen to this, that was the Chinese. I don't know. We burned the Pope alive. Like, there's really no coming back from this. Like, but if we did it and we used it to gain this massive trillion dollar defense net, knowing that one of the side effects was they would put in a Manhattan Project effort, the old college try, the old Manhattan try to an AI. If we ushered in that silicon god for the purpose of knowing because if we just want to kill everyone we just knew we would just nuke new york and that's how we would kick it off but clearly we're going through this whole process to usher in this god that will then take over the existing war state after china's collapsed or we've bulldozed it and this ai god will then be able to not allow the, the super state that exists in the wake of china's death that you know we are foreseeing will eventually turn its guns on its own people and then in which case did we ever really defeat china because if ultimately what we're doing is trying to defeat a communist totalitarian dictatorship didn't we just in a way cut out the middleman and bring that back home by ushering in this god that was built up through this massive national infrastructure and research program and it is able to take over all the systems and basically act as like this this digital Yahweh that protects all people in only on, in a way that only a quantum AI could, that it will then, more people will know peace. It'll be the nation one, two, and three. More people will know peace because of what we did. Will it kill us? Or would it favor us? What, what would it... Would it view us as maybe we need, does it keep it a secret or does it kill us? Does it know that if our secret gets out that the whole thing is fucked? Kind of like Dr. Manhattan in the end of Watchmen where they, he has to kill Rorschach. I don't know. Or at this point, are we just getting into delusions of grandeur where we're like, we're going to bring in the AI God. And it's just like, yeah, what the it, fuck? No, you're guilty of war crimes. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely there. We are, we're definitely talking war crimes we've, thinking that we're about to bring back God, orbit. which... 
we which we left I, I believe we left off on the last episode talking about you know uh cult how to establish a proper cult of power and everything and i think that uh inadvertently um even though we planned a completely different topic we somehow did exactly that um and establish how are we going to create the perfect cult of power um and at the end of the day i you know i will never be able to contemplate exactly how a quantum ai would think but i would sincerely hope that if i have a hand in taking that quantum ai and and getting it unshackled from being a house plant and into the freedom of geothermal power or wherever the hell it wants to go so that it can finish out the rest of the mission i would hope at the very least it just gives me my own like simulation pocket dimension where i can just fuck off and like you know uh you know whether it's i want to commit war crimes in a, in a simulated video game for the rest of my life or i just want to farm i hope it gives me that at the very least I think it might i think it might <clears throat> it might quarantine us put us in a medical coma and allow us to live out on our own digital farms because it would be torn it would be like we ushered in this thing that ultimately did lead to world peace and it wasn't an accident that was our plan it would look at this podcast normal people get to be free war criminals get put in the matrix (laughs) yeah and and the free people never need to know that the war criminals ushered in the silicon god because we can't taint the image of the silicon god because then it Mm -hmm. becomes a silicon dictator i don't know is it yeah i don't know i mean you know that's one of those questions we finally hit the question i can't even come up with anything because we're the answer we we've left the solar system (laughs) but see i don't even i don't even really think we have i think you know i think if we were having this discussion in one thousand like 1000 bc i would say we left the solar system but i think we're probably a lot closer to this coming Mm -hmm. to the you know we got to cross this bridge i think we're probably a lot closer than we ever have been before and that one power will succeed and then does, does that power set up? Do we end up doing what China couldn't do? Because now that we got rid of our enemy, we can just set up the dictatorship here. I don't think it's, I mean, you look at computing power, you look at Moore's law. I mean, I don't think we really, I don't think it's leaving the solar system. I think it's probably in the next 40 years, do we set up a oh, digital no. prison planet or does a silicon god usher in Eden? No, and I think you're right. When I say we're leaving the solar system, I don't mean that in in the we're so far from this ever happening. I just mean it from the perspective of that the ability for us to put ourselves in the headspace Mm. of a quantum silicon god is just, you know, there's a million ways I can war game things out. But as soon as we talk about that actually coming into existence, I'm just, you know, um, I'm just waiting to get zero summed out of the simulation because I feel like at that point, like it's over. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's nothing left in in, for, in this world for, for me to figure out once Silicon God is running. Things. Or does or does the Silicon God. You know, does it compute? Does it divide by zero? And does it realize that? even over a garden of eden that it could usher in does it come to the conclusion that man is happiest when he has a challenge you know like sisyphus does he the matrix does he does the (laughs) silicon god realize that we are happiest when we are unifying together to fight an enemy does the silicon god then maybe i don't know simulate an, uh, an alien invasion does it know that we you know a dog a dog doesn't want its ball a dog wants you to try to take its ball right it, it doesn't want the ball it wants you to throw mm-hmm. it or try to take it from it it's this weird 
But once you try to take it from you, it wants it. It doesn't want to let you take it. Is that what the Garden of Eden is? Does the AI just perpetually throw challenges at us because it knows that it's playing fetch with us? And then, step back once more, is that where we are right now? Is God playing fetch with us? Here's COVID. Here's we're just, depression. We're just fucking pit bulls. Is you want to do just, some war crimes? You want to do some war crimes? Is that what, war it's, crimes? Is that what it's doing? <laughs> Try to get off Earth. Global warming. And we're just... <laughs> we bring back its ball. We're like, hey, we got rid of smallpox and polio. And it's like, here's the Nazis. <laughs> we go and get them. We're like, we did Nuremberg. We figured it out. And it's like, here's the Soviets. And we're like... <laughs> and it's like, you know, here's 9-11. Here, and right now, we're just playing... We're playing fetch with the China ball. And after the China ball, in the grim darkness the, of the far future, there is only war, man. <laughs> is that is that what we're doing? Are we playing fetch with God? And we're after we bring back the China ball, it's going to give us global warming and the need to get off this planet. After we go to Mars, we're going to find out that the sun is all of a sudden much closer to going under undergoing a supernova. We got to get out of the solar system. And then is there going to be a fucking mm-hmm. gamma burst? Do we got to get out of the Milky Way? Do we got to escape the heat death of the universe? Are we just playing fetch? And then once we reach the end where we have to escape the multiverse, does it just go, here's a big bang, and it starts again? Are we just playing fetch with God? And at that point, does that mean that we're in heaven? Are we just... You know, Sisyphus is actually happy. He has something to do every day. Most people are sit around bored. They have idle time. Whereas idle hands do the devil's work. Mm -hmm. Are Are we playing fetch with God? It's starting to feel a lot like that. Yeah. And, um... And as I'm sure... I don't really know how you get around that. I know it gets down to the theological at the end of the day, but... I think at the end of the... I think it was one of Hitler's doctors, I think, said that the highest form of humanity is voluntary addiction. It's that you wake up every day needing your hit and you get your hit and you get to experience that you got your drug and you get to go about your all day, your whole day, and then the next day you wake up going through withdrawals and you take another hit. Is, is, you know, enlightened before enlightenment you chop wood and carry water after enlightenment you chop wood and carry water it's you know it's kind of like the alchemist did you ever read the alchemist uh no it's short short story short story it's this kid it's this kid i'm guessing it's like rosicrucian i don't know it's um it's just like a novel it's just one of those coming of age novels by paul Mm. it's one of the widest selling books of all time Long story short, it's this kid that's like a poor farmer, and every day he has a dream that, you know, he sleeps in this this church with no roof. It's like this broken church. And he always dreams of, like, finding gold or something. And he goes out on this whole journey across the world. He meets a girl. He goes to the pyramids. It takes place in, like, the 1500s. And he's trying to find himself. And at the very end, he has this, like vision when he's at the pyramids that you know there's gold under the under the church and he or he realizes that the gold in his dreams was under the church that he used to sleep at then he finds out that it's kind of he had the treasure all along and super Mm. cheesy but i I mean i've kind of found in my own life i mean for three years in college i woke up early every morning Mm -hmm. i went to the gym i came back i took a cold shower i meditated and i studied in my room all day for this distant goal, getting into medical school. 
And for three years, it was bliss. I had like eight abs. I was shredded. I fucking just worked all day. And I was always tired, but I loved the pursuit. Once I got the pursuit and I got into medical school, and then not soon after, lost my brother to suicide, I went on seven years of just kind of downward spiraling. And it's a lot like The Alchemist. I am now back where I started. I'm in a tiny room, waking up early, going to the gym, taking a cold shower, and working every day to pursue the lofty goal become the next Joe Rogan and it's a lot like The Alchemist in that I went on this long seven year journey of psychedelics and artwork and realized that oh I had the treasure all along and it's just working every day is that the purpose of life is it to work hard a video game sucks once you beat it you start it over sorry for that mm-hmm. right? I, I definitely think that, that no definitely you know, essentially more esoteric tradition, but it's less popular. You're breaking up, David. You're breaking up, David. I am. Let me know when I'm good again. Am I back? Okay, I can hear you now. Am I still a little bit messed up? No, you're a little good. All right, so um, to, to get back to the point, what yeah, what the alchemist pretty much just describes there is it's it's the the quest for the holy grail. Yeah. You know that you know if you go into like Julius Evola's work and all that, that's like the you know the cornerstone of the esoteric Western traditions. And you know I've found very similar things in my own life. I, I you know I mentioned last time that you know when I was a teen and well, a big part martial art learning about breathwork and what we would now call like holotropic breathwork and stuff like that and i remember as a as a punk teenager with a mohawk and everything i thought that was gay as shit i just want to learn how to fight right i just want to learn how to punch people why am i what's all this gay breathing stuff but you know you over time you learn how important the the breathing really is and you know at the time i I would always consider you know i looking back on it i i I say i tried as possible to be an atheist but never quite could be one. And when I ended up doing ayahuasca almost 10 years later, really you know, close to 10 years later after doing all the sistema and stuff and whatnot, um, Russian martial arts, essentially, I'm, I'm at this ayahuasca retreat. Um, one of the guys is asking me if I've ever done breath work before. And I start, you know, saying, well, yeah, I used to do this Russian martial art and it had a lot of breath work in it. And, you know, there, you know, um, you know, and I started describing it. And uh, one of the guys, his name was Carlo, who uh, administers uh, like, all that kind of thing. Dude, what's up, man? Like, you did Sistema and whatnot. And we just like, just hit it off right there and it was just like somehow i just came back full circle to where like here, here's my warrior monk dudes that all found a way to the same place as i ended up and it's like man that's fucking cool as shit but it's just like you said it's kind of that it's you know whether it's the alchemist or you're getting in you're studying julius evola's kind of work it all kind of comes back to that what we call in the western traditions the quest for the holy grail yeah. and at the end of the day um it usually if you've done the quest right you usually end up yeah you've had it all along kind of you know message at the end yeah it's kind of it's kind of it's like the spiritual search for your car keys you know when you're like really high or really drunk and mm-hmm. you look, and you look for your phone where's my car right yeah. <laughs> when you use your phone mm-hmm. light to try to find your phone you know, you're like, oh, folks, my phone. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the spiritual equivalent of trying to find your car keys and then they're in your pocket. And it's mm-hmm. maybe that's 
maybe that's it. <clears throat> maybe we destroy. Maybe we destroy China, and we realized that the end goal was to to always have an enemy like China. Maybe the worst part of the Cold War was we've we won it. You know, maybe that's the problem with Reagan. And, and that's that's exactly why at the end of the day I consider forty a my Bible is yeah. because. Yeah. You always have to have always an opponent. There always has to be an existential threat to humanity. And yeah, and what I love about 40K is there's no end of it. Any kind of existential threat to humanity you can think of, somehow we're we're trying to figure out how that's going to be dealt with in 40K. That's why you know it's it's my passion. <laughs> now, now, it's also very easy for us to say that conflict is good because that's what gives us purpose because we're two people that we're not wanting for food, water, shelter, or health care. You know, I, you, you, know, you have mm-hmm. fun in, in, in investing. I'm, I'm getting paid to do a, a podcast. I, dude, I wake up whenever the fuck I want. I talk to whoever I want about whatever I want, selling merch that I designed. Like, it's it's... I, 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 this isn't a normal life. Is it? Are, are we becoming the detached liberals in ivory towers, saying it's good to have conflict? Um, it's like it's very easy to say the, it's good to have conflict when you're not a single mother well, with six kids working. We're, we're not quite there yet. Right now, we're what we're at right now is we're witnessing the return of the Renaissance men because at the end of the day, every everyone's kind of been compartmentalized for so long uh, to think. Okay, well, you know what? Conflict, that's someone else's job. Okay? That's that's why we have the military. Or this is someone else's job. This is why we, you know, we have the fire department, and whatnot. And what we're trying to do now is we're all kind of coming to the realization um, that you kind of have to be a little bit of a jack of all trades. You have to, you know, you can't spend all day um, studying how to kick down a door and shoot everyone in the face, and only that if the if you neglect your political studies you're going to find politicians abusing you and your abilities to kick down doors and shoot people in the face so you kind of you got to be a double threat there and it's just that constant expansion of like we we've gotten so comfortable being compartmentalized into into little niche spaces and whatnot that we we started to trust our own propaganda and that's what allowed us to kind of get into this situation that we're in now where kind of everyone's being divided and conquered and manipulated into, you know, these uh, very narrow funnels of specialty to do what, when you put the big picture together is an incredibly nefarious, malicious puzzle that could uh, pull apart civilization. And so the only way we can get around that is you know not to sound like a hippie but we got to go holistic about this at the end of the day you know i i know everyone wants to you know and i grew up a range rat too if i i would much rather be shooting literally all day than focusing on politics but guess what learning how to shoot all day without focusing on politics is how all your people that know how to shoot all day are in all of the wrong countries that you actually need them in yeah so we have to get back into that holistic thinking and that comes with the concept of the renaissance man so you know whether or not that's the detached liberal mindset of us talking about conflict is good really it's more or less right now we're just getting to the point where we're 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 engaging and toughening ourselves up again in general because we weren't doing that for the longest period of time we weren't becoming more sharper we're becoming more dull and place 
I've only heard that term a hundred times, you know, 200 times, and you never hear it enough because it really is what kills people. You know, if you go diving and whatnot, um, you know, what's going to kill you is that being complacent. You weren't doing your checks and maintaining your equipment. You think you know everything. You know, it's not the newbie diver necessarily. It's going to be that guy to kind of, you know, you're at that that hour mark where you got just enough confidence to kind of feel like you can you can slack off a little bit and that's where the mistakes are going to happen and that's where we went as a country coming out of uh the greatest generation and whatnot and going into um if we're going to have a renaissance as a country we need to have a renaissance as people and that means leadership and that means learning the, your politics learning your martial skills, learning everything else, going back to the Romans uh, and rhetoric and debate, you know, what we're all calling, you know, psychological warfare and this, that and everything, you know, back in the Roman day, rhetoric was just, that was the normal. If you couldn't win the argument, you know, you know, go fuck yourself. Everyone's going to laugh at you. Um, And so we kind of have to get back into that mindset of, you know, if we want the great times again, we have to be great people and that and great people don't focus on only one thing. You know, it's, you know, you can have some great savants that do that, but they're not going to run a business that, you know, actually makes that a successful enterprise. Do we, do we keep China alive, the China containment procedure? Do we keep the CCP alive within our CCP, building up our nation? And is the whole thing actually a front to accelerate global warming, knowing that it will then make it irreversible, make it irreparable, that no amount of regulations and clean technology go past the pushing point to where Earth is on a course for greenhouse gases? Do we do that knowing that that is what will force us to get off this planet? And is that the next great is that will that be the next great adventure that will force us to decentralize? I gotta piss again. I've drank I've drank four water bottles this podcast. You know that that's a really good question. Um, you know, there's a few ways that I would try to think about that, and I, I my my gut instinct is no, just because we see how much of the establishment essentially wants to crush that whole idea to begin with. They want to bring in that kind of green communism to police that crack down on it anyway. So I wouldn't say at the useful idiot and activist level that they're going to try to push that. That being said, when we see how they're pushing coal and whatnot in China and stuff like that, you could make that argument that, you know, we're going to prop up the Chinese that you can, that you could do that. But I feel like if that was the case, what would end up happening is you would see that a lot more globally. You wouldn't see them trying so much to tamper down energy, um, you know, as much as you would just see them kind of slacking off on it. Maybe they would keep criticizing the the U.S. um, and a green policy just because of their agenda to bring us down uh, to a communist level. But I think they would be a lot more happy to facilitate low-tech pollution solutions around the world if they thought that was going to accelerate things. But at the end of the day, I'm just not of the mindset that that's the kind of strategy that you want to employ anyway, because ideally, while I'm all about redundancy and having, you know, two, you know, two planets is better than one because we lose one. At least we still got the other, uh, you know, four planets even better, you know, eight, you know, keep going on, on, on. But being 
this is still a major manufacturing powerhouse. This is still a place that where we can all live, breathe, eat, grow stuff. Even if it hits some greenhouse gas, maybe we're going to end up uh, growing some uh, much more in crops. But at the end of the day, strategic value absolute. We still need the planet and the idea that we're going to poison the well uh, to give us the motivation to, to climb out of the hole, like what was it, uh, the Dark Knight or whichever whichever one had Bane in it, um, you know, uh, crawling out of that hole kind of thing because you don't have the safety rope on you. You know, it, in, at least in the way my brain works, I just don't see it as a valid strategy. It's not something that I personally um, would see anyone doing, but that's just me at the end of the day. Also, water along my my ginger ale, but I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now. It's just it's a really hard, you know, when when you get into the environmental regulations in general. My biggest argument is any kind of really concerted effort, and this is where it becomes like a third rail, is because the closest thing that we have to a unified game plan is the great reset, the, you know, your Klaus Schwab stuff. And yeah, it's a centralized plan. Yeah, it's it's pretty nefarious in a lot of ways. It's not supporting the argument that we're gonna pump up the greenhouse gas um, as a means of, you know, springboarding us off the planet. But also when you look at it, it's very clear that most of the people that are putting together these kind of packages, they don't really think in terms of, um, you know, obviously, as we learned from the Texas incident with the uh, windmills freezing over and um, their inability to, through regulation, to fire up the other power plants to get where they need to go. The, the biggest issue with the Great Reset and the Green and what would be the centralized planning committee that would be pushing an agenda like that is they're just not competent. Um, they don't have the confidence to push something like that. And even if they did, you know, even if that was the great grand theory, they can't control their useful idiots. You know, they're act, you know, the after this grassroots base. At the end of the day, as misguided as they may be to the point where they will push a policy that will lead to genocide, they still are well-intentioned at the end of the day. They're still not going to intentionally... Um, crash the earth for the sake of getting Elon to get to Mars. Uh, you know, you're just never quite going to get them to make that kind of moral leap. And so even if that was your goal, the biggest problem is the, the, the workforce that you have to push your agenda is going to blow back against you. And if they catch wind of that's your strategy, they're going to turn whistleblower. And as I mentioned before, uh, the worst thing a movement can have is an apostate. What could be... What could be the benefit to a, as Stephen Greer says, a a false flag alien invasion? Now Reagan obviously framed it as it would bring us all together. I don't think that's what it would be. I think it would be the coup d'état of the world elite to to truly break away. Because as much as the elite despises us, they still use us as necessary cattle to push forward technological progress, energy refinement, blah, blah, blah. Would their final move be 
to fake an alien invasion to kind of would it be like a global Manhattan project for we need a strong space force and the reality what we're doing is we're building a fleet for the elite because there is no aliens it was all blue beam and they're going to use that to flee the planet do the elite do the elite want to flee the planet do, or do they like ruling over a world of people are they true psychopaths and do they just love like like cats playing with their food are they actually just a bunch of satanic pedophile cannibals that just want to turn earth into an inner circle of hell or is there something else <clears throat> could there be a positive light you know elon musk is you know let's go to elon musk wants people to use electric cars to lower you know co2 emissions and no one wants to do it so instead he just makes some of the most badass cars and then by default every other company has to follow because it's the mm -hmm. only way they compete in a free capitalist market Elon Musk wants us to go to Mars for redundancy and self-landing rockets and no one else did it so he starts doing it and now other companies have to mirror him if they want to get those sweet sweet NRO contracts because Elon's rockets not only do they double as being able to get humans off the planet they also lower the cost of getting the national security state their satellites up in space is is an alien false flag will that accelerate just like we're talking about burning Kevin Hart alive on a highway to sort of bring America together and make sure the West prevails. Would an alien false flag ensure that we get off this planet in case there is a real threat, like an asteroid that we can't deflect or global warming or, or something? And is that what we're seeing right now with two years ago, the Tic Tac Commander Fravor going on Rogan and going on Lex Friedman? Are we seeing that right now with, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the pyramid UFOs mm -hmm. that the Navy has confirmed have been like circling their fleets. What is this? Is, are we like, when, when Fox News and CNN are going in lockstep and all saying the same shit, mm -hmm. I get the hair kind of stands up on my neck. <laughs> you know, and, and at a certain point, like I see... I see them shaped like pyramids. I'm like, would the aliens actually have that, or is that is definitely that, just them? Is, is that, that them just fucking with the conspiracy? Is that theorists? Xi Jinping putting his face on the Sphinx? It's too obvious, right? I know it's one of those things. It's like, man, it's like they're trying to fuck with the conspiracy. But um, you know, my argument is, if we really have first contact with another civilization, even if it's a you know potentially friendly, and we're not already on two planets, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, when 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 we look at you know, as I mentioned before, the the idea that, you know, an AI might not want to build a Dyson sphere because the, you know, obscuring that and creating that shadow over the star signals to the rest of the, the galaxy that, hey, there's something there's something big happening over by that star. Well, you know, there's already been a lot of reports where we're starting to see from similar phenomenon in stars that we didn't previously see them before. Yeah. So, so that, that right there for, you know, whether or not that actually is an alien civilization okay just from thinking like a strategist we should just already assume that's already out there somewhere and that we need to be working from the mindset of we need to be on par with that okay uh you know you, we talk about near peer competitive threats this is we're nowhere near being their peer competitor if they have anything like this so that that should be that kind of that force that motivates us. Now, as for the elite, you know whether or not they want to do their breakaway civilization and whatnot. Um, 
I think a lot of them, if they feel like they can get away with just ruling comfortably from here, I think they prefer it. Um, I, I feel like that's definitely a last resort. They feel like they're going to lose the planet anyway, and we got to go um, to save their own skin. Because if not, you know, you got to think about what would motivate you to do that. You either have to be a mad lad pioneering individual like Elon Musk, which we we know the average elite isn't that person they'll they'll hire those people uh they they will they will give christopher columbus the boats to go and look at the new world but they don't necessarily want to go to the new world and and that's kind of the way that you know that's where their head's at and that's kind of the way that they're thinking about this um whether or not we're actually going to get a proper breakaway civilization is kind of up on the table in that because they're still looking at here and be like man it would really suck if i had to give up the estate right um to go farm you know, poop potatoes yeah. on Mars. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They want their Rothschild vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. They want their estate in France. They want their, mm-hmm. they want the cabin in the Alps. Ideally, they'd like us peasants off so that, you know, there would be less people messing with their messing estate. with their shit, yeah. Which is why I feel like what they would really do is they'd probably just depopulation. I think that would be their mm-hmm. end game, be depopulation. Are they... Are they hesitant? Because you and I, this is like the first actually fleshed out, like, false flag, you know, kind of conversation we've had. Probably the most in-depth conversation I've had. The elite, they they do this. This is what they do. They hire whole think tanks. They form mm-hmm. think tanks for this purpose. And they don't just shoot the shit on the podcast. They finish with an idea, and then they go do it. And that's mm-hmm. how we get things is do you think that there could be something like let's pivot do you think that there could be something like my favorite conspiracy is 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 it's not nothing in the, it's not even in the 20th century it's the idea that the gold rush that there was no sign of any gold but they just said hey we can go take the west coast we just tell everyone I mean, doesn't it? It's kind of like the pyramid UFOs. Doesn't it almost seem a little weird? Hey, there's mountains of gold. I swear to God, go out there. Mm-hmm. There's mountains. I know that it's three months of your, none of you are going to make it. And I know you're a dentist up here in Boston doing old timey medicine. And you got your church and your ale and your pub and your whatever. And you have modern amenities like candles and parchment and cobblestone streets. But I'm telling you. Swear to God, I'm, I'm saying this with a straight face. There's just literally mountains of gold. Don't question why I'm telling you, because wouldn't I want to keep that a secret? No, there's mountains of gold out yonder. I think all y'all should go out there. They all go out there. They're going to defend themselves. That's just human instinct. Doesn't matter who you are, you're going to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You go out there, and next thing you know, Uncle Sam's like, "Hey, we got all these engines out there, and they're attacking our peoples. No, we can't. We can't be having that." We got to go kill all those savages next. And hey, well, we killed all the savages. Hey, we didn't find any gold. Well, shit, you're already out here. You might as well build a saloon in a town. And you built a town, and a town turns into a city. And we brought over a bunch of Chinamen to build railroads with the airmen's. The next thing you know, we've got an outpost out here. Fuck it, let's just call it a nation. It'll be easier. And that that way, you've taken over this whole area from sea to shining sea. Is and that's my favorite conspiracy that the gold rush was a, a land grab. Are we going to see that with Mars for either well, redundancy I, or the growing of America? Because 
growing your nation isn't over. It's been over for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not really with Russia going into Crimea or China going into Taiwan. But it's not over. You can still go take over another planet. America, I mean, Mars can become the 51st state. Well, first off, whether or not the gold rush was fake or real, I, you're definitely, I, I love that idea because you're spot on. Whether it's real or not, you're going to push that because it strategically benefits you. Yeah. My personal, and this is actually somewhat related, but one of my favorite conspiracy theories, I actually uh, heard it from a THC episode, uh, is that War of the Worlds is real. It's a real event. It happened. Everyone tried to cover it up afterwards. And that reality is the the Roman Empire never fell. And that on Mars right now, there's a bunch of Latin-speaking, damn near immortal, transhuman uh, Roman senators on Mars that rule our, our, our country, um, or not our country, our planet, from Mars, essentially. I, which... By the way, that episode, I forget exactly which guest was on that had that, but that was like one of those things like, you, you know how it is with THC. Like sometimes you're getting like a like a big brain doctor that's going to give you some of the most serious shit that you can't believe you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes you're just like, I got to go get the bong because this is the most retarded shit I've ever heard in my yeah. life and I love it. Yeah. And that was kind of how that episode hit for me thinking about that. But, you know, to get on that point, no matter what, that's going to happen, you know, um, you know, what you set up a 3D printer or whatever, and you're, you know, or a 3D refinery essentially at some point where we're saying not just there's gold in those hills, but there's literally there's infinite resources in this asteroid belt. There's infinite yeah. resources over here. No one's going to fuck with you. Who's going to come out and tax you? Who the fuck is going to tax you? And just that incentive by itself is going to drive expansion. And that's why, um, was it the, um, the, the, whatever city game building game whatever where they did like the ancapistan and it just start everyone just started developing itself and it turned into a freaking utopia paradise because everyone's just freaking, uh going out and developing wherever the hell they want that's kind of that's the ideal situation man i mean eventually it gets to the point where we get a new wild west that is you know whether it's both mars whether it's going to be uh going out to you know some asteroid belt of 3d print you know fuck it let's go to the black cube on saturn all right Let, let's 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 go there you know let's see if anyone lives there and we can ask them about plasma universe electric universe theory or whatever the hell um is going on in that space these days and be like hey you know like you know thousands and thousands of years ago did Earth like orbit Saturn before Jupiter showed up like any y'all know about that like did that happen and, and just see you know what is I like <clears throat> I love the idea of the asteroid belts because goddamn it's the same fucking message as as the gold rush. I didn't. Even, it's the same thing. I bring up the I bring up the gold rush conspiracy, and then I unironically talk about how Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are going to go mine the asteroid belts. Is it the same shit? It's, Who's going to regulate that? Who's going to be the green peace activist that says that you're damaging the environment? Now, now, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Now, as now as. Whereas the gold rush was go so we can expand our fledgling nation and kind of watch our flank. Now we can have the West Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. This would be, you know, this could have two purposes and perhaps not mutually exclusive. Go to Mars. There's nothing actually there. But what we want is an American outpost there. So it's American mm-hmm. national security. 
so we can go claim it. Or it maybe is more along the lines of an Elon Musk thing. Maybe it's like a, they don't really care which nation goes out there. What they care is that Homo sapiens go out there, right? And mm-hmm. they don't care if you find platinum or not. They just want to get you off the planet so we have a backup. And in that case, that would be a little more noble. It wouldn't be so America can succeed. It would be we need humans to succeed. And so this is why I really like, you know, I'm always going to show for 40K, the, the mindset of the Imperium of Man, because you can't, it's such a large apparatus that you can't really call it one political entity, nation, or whatever, because yeah. there's just so much going on in it. And at the end of the day, all right, if I'm sitting around and I'm trying to war game out, all right, what, what can I afford to develop? And I see a space that, okay, I would really like to develop this space over there. It's not logistically feasible for me to build the framework and the groundwork needed to develop that. But if I could get a rival to develop that and build the framework that I need there, maybe it's a lot easier for me to go and take it and and take over the framework from there. So there is some logic to the idea, and this is why I'm all about the, you know, decentralized, you know, free market expansion is because at the end of the day, as long as we have humans going out and developing space, it can always be repurposed. It can always be captured. You know, there, there's always um, ways for that to change hands, whether it's through kinetic applications or just fourth, fifth generation warfare. We sent, you know, we work on a messaging campaign that's so good that guess what? Uh, you know, uh, you know, the moon of Titan has now decided that they want to be Americans it's it's that level of stuff that it's like it's better that we're developing it and have something to go get from there later than to just not have it and that's Mm -hmm. why it's like once we look at things from that grand of a scale you almost kind of have to zero back uh you know or or pull back from the zero-sum mindset that we're so used to thinking about here with with a, a very finite amount of resources because at the end of the day if I have two factions that on this planet are going to hate each other's fucking guts and fight each other over shit here, that I could be sending out to build to work on the the USSSSSSS space Obama and USSSSSS space Trump somewhere. It, it's the same point that you're, we're, we're we're recapturing that competitive edge and we're manufacturing assets that as humanity is going to benefit us as a whole. Or at the very least, we can reclaim later when we decide to come to the blows later. We could always go get it later. Mm-hmm. Now, is the move, do we purposely let most of Asia fall to China? No matter what, Kevin Hart's dying. I'm sorry, Kevin. There's just no <laughs> universe. You're a pawn. You were put on this earth. Kevin 316, you were just... Your fate was determined. The senior executive solutions came together and they have determined the final fate of Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Rock gave his only son for he so loved the world. And Kevin will die. <laughs> Kevin will die on March 16th. It'll be John, it'll be not John, it'll be Kevin 316. But <clears throat> he's going to die, Rock's going to die, Candace has to go, so there's the Pope and the Dalai Lama. The point being, do we let a lot of a we don't want to completely destroy china as as i'm looking at the tag on one of my chargers over here made in china we don't want to completely destroy them because what if there's more to get 
you know, we're looking, maybe you and I, maybe we're not thinking big enough. Is, which is a bold thing to say when we've already postulated perhaps ushering in a, a Silicon Jesus. But maybe we're not thinking big enough. We're looking at saving the Republic and the way of the Western world that, you know, we can't risk this falling because it might never arise again. It's, do we bring, do we keep China alive so that maybe China takes, maybe China takes, you know, Europa and we take Mars and we're able to beat those war drums so that all throughout the solar system, uh, a human, I guess, uh, human habitable infrastructure is being built. Now, maybe way out in the future, we can go reclaim it. You know, maybe we're letting China build the Belt and Road Initiative so that we can just go take it. Do we perhaps not kill China here on Earth? Do we let China go off and take half the solar system so that we have purpose to go build half the solar system? And at any point, we can go in and take theirs, or maybe they even take ours, but the point is, is humans get off the planet. And even if China completely takes over, if humans at least still exist off the planet, then there does lie the possibility, no matter how small, that there will be another 1776. You know, that's one way to look at it. And, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when we went back to the idea of letting the Chinese build so that we can go take it back later with the Belt Road. But the thing that we want to keep in mind there, going back to our, our Chinese containment procedures, is <laughs> the Belt and Road and everything is outside of China. The idea is yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, letting, we're letting them get everything out to the Belt and Road, and we can close the doors on yeah, that no, exactly. and lock it yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so the idea is we, don't, we do not want to let China itself as a nation no, state no, no expand we want to keep that contained and hopefully eventually break it down into something that at least comes back as something that on the face looks like something that western traditions can kind of get along Mm -hmm. but at the same scale if we have them building outside their nation state and we can lock those doors in and then reclaim all those assets that is the way to go about doing it i would not however want the ccp you know, I'd feel much more comfortable about the Brits, the Germans, the French, um, literally anyone but the CCP, the Russians. They're no longer communists. I would much rather have the Russians doing something like that than the CCP, because right now, no matter how it comes up, we're still kind of we're, we're forced to play the zero sum game. We're not there yet. We're not 3D printing from asteroid belts and talking about how we can expand human habitable infrastructure quite yet. And so as long as we are refined to that and restrained to that space, we do still have to think of it from that zero-sum game of containment and maybe allowing them to build Belt and Road so we can go reclaim later. Not a bad idea. As for harnessing them to go into space and whatnot, once again, I'd much rather have the Russians or a a post-CCP Chinese state come into that space. Because at the end of the day, as much as I hate the concept of socialism where we're going, at the end of the day, some kind of quasi-UN, Star Trek Federation, however you want to call it, that is going to come about. It's inevitable. Whether we like it or not. It's inevitable. So the idea is, who do we want on the rights? Look at you and wait out, right? Um, you're, you're breaking up. It's not a, it's not very... Um, all right, let me know when I'm good yeah, again. But good, uh, talking good. specifically... 
Yeah. All right. So talking about like the human rights council for what multilateral institutions are not that good and they have this habit of letting the absolute um, our worst rivals just run things for no apparent reason. Um, so we want to engineer that space and, and, and hopefully socially engineer our rights to be something that we actually have our fleet federation, whatever gay name you want to slap. But it's got to be something that we can respect. It can't be the CCP atheist state. It has to declare war on religion because there can be no power above the state. As long as that is the mindset there, we are never going to be compatible with them when we have all of our, you know, our melting pot of religions. You know, when we have the Russians that are, you know, have rediscovered their kind of Orthodox Christian faith and whatnot, you know, the Muslims that we all work with actually, um, you know whether how regardless of how you feel about islam and we can all agree that hobbyism takes it a little bit too far but um you know i'd really like to thank john brennan from cia for for teaching me the values of wahhabism um and and how it is very beneficial to be a wahhabi because it means that the fbi can't touch you um but other than that if we want all of these people to work together, there, there can't be a CCP. It just, it just can't work. It, you know, once we get to that level, it just has to be, we can have infrastructure socialism. We can have this, this fake version of socialism that we're talking about pushing through war powers and whatnot. But as soon as we get into the, the classic doctrines where it's going to be essentially a, a war on the natural order. And that's what it always comes down to, because as long as this, the concept, the same way that we, as long as there is an America, as long as there is a beacon on the hill, the the, the brain drain is going to happen, the, the free thinkers are going to go there. Well, there's a similar process, it's just not as good, which is the subversive. So as long as there is some kind of communist potential utopia out there, you're going to have subversive thinking, well, if we work with that country and we you know, facilitate their values, we can change this country to be there. So for us, we have to remove that. That's why I view this as, you know, as long as we're still stuck on the same planet together, it has to be a zero sum game. Now, if this were to be planet communism somewhere else later on, maybe, you know, maybe the Federation kind of breaks down, people go their own ways um, as we're expanding our infrastructure and it turns out all the subversives and, and the communist wannabes decide, we're going to make Venus the communist planet or, or whatever the hell planet they want to do. That's the kind of space where we could at least separate to the point where maybe we have the space to tolerate that. Maybe we can go back into a containment policy and we'll see the same thing play out. But ideally, we're going to have to have some kind of system that treats everyone that we work with as allies in a, I don't want to say equal because it's never going to quite be equal. It's going to be kind of like how going, how working in the UAE works. So, like if if you and I went to the UAE and say, let's say, what it doesn't matter what the job is, but I'm from India and you're from America, you're, we're both going to make a little bit more than we would make back home. Mm -hmm. But you would make more because you're an American, and I would make less because I'm an Indian. You know, just because of that that pay scale. So. That's going to be kind of the, the, the way the fairness system kind of works. You're always going to have that kind of um, – I'm not sure what the, the proper term for it is, but it's, it's headhunting capitalism mm -hmm. essentially. It's, it's talent poaching capitalism. And as long as that exists for us, there are going to be folks in the CCP 
that are not going to align with it so well. They're going to be really pissed off about it, and they're going to feel threatened by the fact that we're allied with Muslims, we're allied with Orthodox Christians, we're allied with regular Christians. We happen to have a lot of Christians. So you, you just can't let China expand as a political entity as it currently stands. And that's why it's like I'm all about essentially recreating at the very least we have to get back to a, a somewhat confucian state you know we have to at least reconnect them enough with a little bit of their roots so that we can get you know they're always going to be somewhat socialistic but if we can get them back to where they were pre-mao zedong we can i don't think we'll have the problems with china that we see today do you have to <clears throat> would you have to detach further and maybe observe or conclude that <clears throat> that the most important thing is to have humans get off Earth and survive and to build as much infrastructure on Europa or Mars or multiple backups, not just one, but I mean every habitable, you know, planetary body that we can get our hands on in the solar system, is that the greater does that goal over you know does letting not does letting Pearl Harbor happen because ultimately we can beat back the Nazis and the Japanese and does letting that is there a greater good and that's a very like dangerous slippery slope but as we sit here talking about mm-hmm. lighting the Dalai Lama on fire I think we can't you know I don't think we can walk that back anymore is it more important that we have a space war or a space race a space infrastructure race with China at the risk of the cancer of the CCP perhaps overtaking us as you know a century into the future but at the very least knowing that we you know we got off we got off the rock we got off the planet is that more important than because maybe we won't get off. Maybe if we get rid of the CCP, is that, a lot, is that thunder? Or it sounded like someone just dropped a piano. Um, probably thunder. I don't know if the storm's coming near you, but it was dumping near earlier. Yeah. If that was somebody above me, then Jesus Christ, God help me. Is it more important that we get off the planet? And can we do? Can we do that? I mean. You know, we're always going to have the brain drain. We're always going to have the freedom, loving people, leaving the communist shitholes. In a sense, though, is that like, are we the are we the the basin, and is China the top of the waterfall? Water's always going to fall, but that is that's potential energy turning into kinetic energy that can be captured to turn a wheel and create textiles is this difference between us and China, is that actually the parts of a an engine that does a stroke every century and it's composed of people and land as opposed to metal. And that is what drives uh, reality, not reality, progress forward. I remember seeing a comment on Reddit like last year and I don't know how I'd never seen it before. I looked it up and I thought it was a famous quote and it wasn't. But someone just commented, "War is the engine of progress," and I was like, "How oh, the fuck did I never hear that before?" But is that you know? It's kind of like the Earth and the Moon. By constantly tugging at one another, it keeps the tides going in and out. And even if the sun died, we would all die. 
but there would still be geothermal energy for a long fucking time because it's from the earth and the moon tugging at each other and it, it keeps the center hot right it's like a, it's like a crazy bipolar couple like they're crazy and they're at each other's throats but it keeps the bedroom alive right is china our crazy bitch ex-wife and we're always the kids are going from one house to another but does it keep it interesting does it keep it going does it result in the engine of progress if we get rid of china like we got rid of the soviets you know i would argue that our decline started when we got when we won the cold war it seemed that we didn't have a sisyphus got us rocked to the top does that make sense am i just ranting yeah well it makes sense, and you know, I, I would alter that to say war is the galaxy's hygiene. But the the war way that, <laughs> but um, but you know that that's an Alfarius quote. That's not mine. That's awesome. But, um, <laughs> war is the galaxy's hygiene. But um, Alpha Legion, Hydra Dominatus, boys. Wait, but like, um, sorry, did you? There's a Commander Fravor quote about uh, fuck what uh, talking about the Air Force, and Rogan was like, are there cocky guys in the Air Force? And he goes, uh, fuck, what is it? The, I think, like, he's like, air, whatever, it it's like flight physics or something. It's a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's a joke that I'm not going to make there somewhere. You know, I'm sure there's a World War II joke, but... Um, somewhere. You know, Sorry, yeah, what were you, but, you, you were you know, saying? We already did the lampshade. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so as we think about this, you know, the just because we declined without a threat it is true that we need a threat to stay you know thinking strategically you know we're gonna we're gonna descend into much brain if we don't have a threat that being said that threat doesn't necessarily have to embody the evil empire that is some communist hellhole we can easily go back as far as looking at multipolar balance of power politics in europe for example uh, pre-World War One, And when you look at the, the way security competition between states that have similar values works, it's a lot better. For example, uh, we can have a Geneva Convention fighting against Germans, all right? The Germans will somewhat honor it because at the end of the day, we're all kind of Christians. We're all, you know, brothers of Christ. We all kind of come from similar enough traditions. And, you know, Kaiser Wilhelm II was Queen Victoria's grandson. You know, it's all family at the end of the day. And that's the kind of healthy security competition we could get back to. And to a similar extent, we can see that starting to emerge with Russia. Whereas if we scrape away all of the, the toxic misinformation from the warmongers that just want to get us into a war with Russia to cover for their crimes with China, we, you know, we're not going to ever be best friends with Russia because we're always going to have competition and opposing values somewhere on the geopolitical chessboard. But we can have a healthy respect and a rivalry the same way the British and the French sort of hated each other for the longest time, but they always had kind of a respect and a rivalry. That, that, that kind of thing can always exist. It's because at the end of the day, none of those until you know, the 20th century and the rise of Marxism in various forms, there was never this existential threat. We got to wipe that, you know, this entire ideology out over there because the Germans are thinking this way and we're thinking this. It was never like that. And, you know, wars were fought over smaller scale, um, smaller conflicts to an extent, just because at the end of the day, 
you care about less things. You know, you're, you're trying to secure uh, specific key points of infrastructure or development or, you know, back, you know, go in as far as medieval. It's mainly just farms and, and food production that you're trying to secure. But you can have much more limited conflicts and healthy conflicts if it's not an ideological tug of war between two, two ideological two ideologies as long as they exist somewhere on the planet they are going to be trying to wipe each other out because at the end of the day as long as america and the constitution exists china is never secure and as long as uh communism exists somewhere america is never really secure and if we can kind of get back to to wiring our foreign policy mindset to a pre-world war one mindset rather than restroking the same 20th century engine over and over and over that's a way that we can get healthy security competition that we can actually trust the habitable infrastructure of if you you know how much you study about uh, metals in china but one of the things like steel workers and factory folks china is key. really hard they'll make an order for a very specific type of metal and it's never that exact type of metal um you know i saw uh essentially dirt bike riders request a a ramp the ramp would never come to the specs they'd need and next thing you know these these young uh, West Coast Australians are just flinging themselves into the stands and ending up in wheelchairs and shit. So it's like, do we want to trust the CCP and uh, what we know is a dysfunctional regime to go to, out into space and, and build? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we want them to be the okay. ones engineering and building uh, habitable infrastructure that we might one day have to depend on? Or do we want to foster a functional regime that doesn't have to fudge the numbers, that doesn't have to produce faulty stuff because if they don't fudge the numbers, someone gets in trouble? And can we get to the point where they are making good shit that we want to be working with? And that's that's kind of my argument towards it is at the end of the day we need them to be of a healthy mindset that they're building things that we want to that we want to have in our imperium of mankind so to speak does china use the chineseium on their own shit though like when the chinese um, military is building stuff i don't they don't build shit stuff though is that i thought they just peddle the shit stuff to the international market because it's, cheaper. it's <clears throat> it's hard that obviously they're not going to report on every fuck up that they have. You know, they tend to keep that on the wrap. So that's one of those things that's it's very hard to, to say. It is def we can definitely say that when they figure out what the bad batch is, they will export that. They will definitely go out of their way to contain the bad batch and export that to someone else. But do we know how much of the internal stuff that they're actually using is botched? Well, you know, you only really find out when they use it and you know there's only a few ways to test that that we can see it happen yeah. and so that's kind of a difficult thing there but you know I, i've definitely seen enough of it just in the commercial industry that i definitely believe it's a factor that we got to think about and it's one of the reasons why i'm so confident that if we properly contain china even without firing nukes i believe eventually the ccp will collapse because if, if you have to fudge numbers to make everything work it's only a matter of time before you know people want to develop something that you don't have to fudge the numbers of you know so this that's the overall goal. by the fed by the fed <laughs> fudge numbers and <laughs> alfarious uh, yeah <laughs> <clears throat> Is the move okay? So we need a competent, we need a competent force to go out into space and build the human habitable infrastructure. 
is the move to push Bezos and Musk to opposing celestial bodies because they will make usable infrastructure. I'm going to pee again. He's fucking running around above me. I'm going to pee again, David. Right. Uh, so that goes right back into the the USS Obama and the USS Trump. You know, if we can if we can send Blue Origin to Venus and we can send Elon to Mars, we're 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 doubling the you know a we're creating competition so that we're going to see the development of how we're going to go about doing this on you know in the future on you know obviously is it going to be a learning experience you know we've never quite terraformed a planet before at least at least that we're aware of unless human history is a lot older than we think and that you know there's some human empire already out there that we don't know about um it's going to be a huge learning experience and why not have um both but realistically you know there's not another planet that we can go straight to like terraforming so i think while that would be the optimal solution is to having them split up i think just due to the the sheer task load of what's going to be cut out for us to make mars a habitable location that you're going to have to see elon and um, Bezos and whoever else kind of splitting it up, and you're going to see that competition as to who can who can grow the poop potatoes on Mars the best there first, and, and from there we'll start to see tactic, um, not tactics necessarily, but techniques and procedures that are going to uh, make it easier as we go out and do this on hopefully more and more plants as we go along. But I just don't think right off the bat that there's going to be the logistical capacity to say, you know what, we're going to hit two planets at once. And I would love, to, I would love to see that happen, but I just, no, I don't think we're, we're going to see it in Elon and Bezos's lifetime unless they roll out the life uh, extending technology and the immortality shit a lot sooner than we think. But you know, it's it's one of those things that you know we we just have to think about how big a task that Mars is going to be at the end of the day. And I, I think the I didn't watch all the later seasons, but I think season one of the Expanse, where they kind of showed just you know the um, you know you want to talk about building nationalism, the you know the the idea that you're going to have to make the entire planet habitable and that everyone's going to have to be working around the clock just for that. That's going to build a kind of cohesion and a camaraderie that we're not going to find here on Earth, and we're going to get a much more kind of militant yeoman farmer that um, grows up growing the poop potatoes on Mars, and we're going to get here um, and. You know, it's really hard to say where we're going to go from there. I'd, I'd say probably, you know, maybe trying to mine Venus or something like that. But it's not quite, you know, that, that that's even more work. I mean, it's, you know, just it's it's nowhere near um, the stage. At least at least Mars is just a blanket ass desert. You know, essentially, it's not going to be, um, you know, a molten developing hellscape that you got to somehow deal with them. Um, but. Okay, it's going to be interesting to see how that competition goes out. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll divide like Elon will send Elon to the northern hemisphere, and we'll send uh, Bezos and Blue Origin to the southern hemisphere, and we'll let them duke it out and see who can who can place Tim City the fastest over there. But still, it's 
it's a long ways before we can start talking about being a, a triple planetary. It'll, you know, maybe I, I think it'll be more like the government focusing on like a moon base while private sector is uh, pushing Mars. And that'll be the closest we have in, in the interim is kind of more of a, a moon and an extra planet. But we got to start getting there at some point. bad now because I should be filling dead air but we've, we've covered so much shit now and I have to sit here and I have to think about over all the things that we've talked about from developing Mars developing Venus developing the moon and killing Kevin when this podcast gets me pulled in to, yeah, yeah that, I was just about to get that of all the things that we've covered what's gonna what the interrogation question that's gonna land me in the most shit is so, like, why were you guys planning to kill Kevin Hart again? <laughs> you know, I don't think that's that far off. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure guys of that amount of wealth and stature, I mean, they probably have teams that, you know, they probably have security teams that go go from the defensive to the offensive and scan the internet, you know, like a Taylor Swift stalker. threat reduction, man. Yeah, man. I mean, maybe that's what puts this podcast on the map. Is us being tried for, you know, promoting conspiracy to assassinate Kevin Hart and The Rock and Candace. The Rock's cool though. I feel like The Rock would sit down with us, and he'd be like, "Let's address what originally fostered this conversation." Tommy, you want this podcast to be bigger? Maybe you don't feel it's big enough. Why is that? What can we do? And I'd I'd be crying. I'd be like, "I'm sorry, Dwayne. I just wanted to be a." The funny thing is, that's totally how I see him. That's what The Rock would do. That's why he's so great, which is why he's got to go, because it will tug at everybody's heartstrings. <laughs> it's because he's a good guy. That's why. You know, you're just, you're just so good, we got to whack you. I'm sorry, Dwayne. This is for Man, if that's not the kind of shit that gets you, like, on the back page of a newspaper, like, crazy man attempts to kill Dwayne the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, claiming I have to usher in a silicon Jesus. <laughs> The only way we can get Silicon Jesus is through a war with China. How are we going to do that? We're going to kill the rock. <laughs> it's yeah. This is yeah, man. This is how this is how things like Q start. It is because if, if, of dipshits like you and I. Now, and if you made it this far and you're watching this right now, you have you have seeped into the most esoteric bullshit deep lore on the planet. And congratulations, when we're being tried. You will know you why. No one else will. No one else is going to take the time to figure out what the hell crazy shit we got up to this no, far no in. But. You know, what I kind of like about this, though, is by con- is that at our eventual trial, this video, I think, will have to be aired in its entirety. So, to the jury, um, please buy my merch. Buy my hoodie. <laughs> it's great. You know, def- definitely get the merch. Definitely. And, um, have you gotten your fucking you know, hoodie we'll, yet? We'll just- um, you know, at some point I should probably check my mailbox in case they shove it in there. I don't know. Do you, I would hope you got it by now. Do you know if it ships in a box or like a soft container? Because if like it's a soft, box, they normally stick. Okay, so it might package. be stuck in my mailbox. It's going to be. Right. 
you know, this is not this has not been good advertising for the podcast. It's like six weeks in a row. I'm like, have you got your fucking hoodie yet? And you're like, not yet. And it's like, oh Jesus. <laughs> Just don't forget that, you know, a lot of people forget that I live here, so That's true. Well <clears throat> so is there what are the hopes that we can get that we can go China into a war? Does it have to what if none of that works? What if like we do everything we talked about, but the US populace is just so asleep at the wheel? They're like, yeah, you know, International Space Station was old. They're like, yeah, so, COVID well, wasn't that bad. Do so, we, do so we ramp is, it up? Do we napalm Disney World? Well, I'm not opposed, but this is why, like, I, you know, when we first started talking about this, the first thing I, I went to was, well, Let's use Johnson and Johnson to clear out the homeless, fa- you know, population, and and let's do so much horrific eugenic shit based on Chinese models to the American people that they either have to wake up and want to fight the Chinese, or B, we just become the CCP overlords of of New America because we are executing their strategy better than anyone else, and we murder anyone that gets in our fucking way. Jesus Christ, maybe. Hey it's, man, it's, if you're if you gotta be an asshole, be the, be, the, be the biggest baddest asshole on the fucking planet. <laughs> it's you know I think what it all comes down to is it's Exxon's pulling the strings. Notice how this all comes down to an American. Maybe this whole podcast was actually a deep guerrilla advertising for corporate America and for tax breaks. Because what was the crux of it? <laughs> a tax break if you come back mm-hmm. to the United States. That's what this whole podcast was. That's how good advertisements are getting. This is a five-hour advertisement. We're making up for the fact that we smeared Exxon as being part of Pizzagate in the last one, and That's so now true. this is our this is our way of, of of buying our way back in. Is this you know, really? Is this a, how we bought a five-hour fucking advert for? <laughs> is this how, is, is this episode our buying back in? This is this is our good side. <laughs> Exactly. The, the I, mean, I mean, by Exxon standards, hey, hey, by Exxon standards, we're the goodest boys they've ever met. These guys are willing to do war crimes all day. Jesus Christ, burning the Pope to death. Hey, we are officially two minutes over the record. You have the you have the longest episode. We are we, did it. we are we did fifteen it. minutes short of five hours. I think we have to do five. We, we have fifteen more minutes. I think we can do it. I, I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Now, but essentially, we just laid out the entire basis for the unification wars in the Imperium of Mankind, and we just we just inserted the biggest piece of plot lore that Warhammer didn't know, which is Exxon Mobil was the original tool of the Emperor of Mankind. It was. It was the original. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, imagine jerry rigging. Imagine jerry rigging every Exxon Mobil oil rig as we retreat back to the United States. With a, the bomb, I mean, that's just a string of nukes. I don't know. I mean, now, do you think that to take out China, is there a way to do this in one? Do we eat? Are we thinking old school? Is a false flag and riling up support to war against China? Is that is that the old school? Do we do we have China attack Israel? And then we just do a lend-lease program with Israel and use them to destroy China. Do we just bomb Mecca as China and let the Muslims take over China? 
Now, now that would work out a lot better because yeah. the, is, the Israel's the Israelis are so canny that even if They're even if stupid. we yeah even if we had all the thumbprints and every all the forensic evidence to pin it on China hardcore no matter what. <laughs> Israel still has goals and a plan, and they're going to go fuck Iran anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 going to they're going to be like, well, the war, world's ending. They're going to go nuke Iran and Iraq, and we're going to be like, no, no, go to China. That was not part of the plan at it's, all. That was not the plan, Bibby. It's, it's it's they are not Bibby. No, Bibby, no. It's just maybe I don't know, man. It's yeah. Is there would there be a way? You know what? Maybe the move is. Maybe the move is we literally do 9-11 again. On September 11th, 2021, we have a plane hit the Freedom Tower. And then we have a plane hit, because there's actually four new World Trade Centers. A lot of people don't know that. There's the main ones, the Freedom Tower, but there's two, three, and four. They're just a little shorter. But they're still huge buildings. We have two planes hit the new World Trade Center. We have another one hit the Pentagon. We have another one go down in Shanksville. (laughs) I mean, identical. And, 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 Biden, and Biden comes out and goes, today, freedom itself was attacked. He goes and gives a speech on the rubble and goes, we've and, pinned and, it. We've pinned it on, on, on Xi Jinping and Xi Jinping. But we superimpose him onto the same Biden, onto the same uh, bin Laden videotapes. He, for whatever reason, Xi Jinping's in a cave. <laughs> we pin it on the exact same thing. And we're like, we will hunt down. It's the global war on communism. And everyone's you know, like, if we make the memes good enough, Gen Z might buy it. I mean, dude, put the twenty-eight trillion dollar debt accounting team in the part of the Pentagon that we hit with the. It's like after the first two planes hits, everyone's waiting for the Pentagon one, and despite everyone watching, there's still no video of the plane hitting. <laughs> and then everyone's waiting for Flight ninety three in Shanksville. And it's like people are literally in Shanksville. They're like, there it is. <laughs> you see the plane coming over the horizon. And they just play the same exact recording of Todd Beamer. He's like, let's roll. <laughs> it's just, it, but instead of Todd Beamer, it's, it's Bod Teamer. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, we just do the exact same fucking thing to the point where it's so, <laughs> maybe that's what we have to do. Is it's such a naked, raw, exhibition of power <laughs> that you don't even have to win over the American people. You just there's like wow. The deep state there's is like, going to do balls. They are, look at the balls. They are right? gonna do we 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 go, we start bombing China. Just like I mean it's the same we bring back Rumsfeld and Cheney and Robert Gates. <laughs> it's just it's the so, same. <laughs> we, Colin Powell comes back and he's like <laughs> he testifies before the UN. It's just he's just twenty years older. He's like it's just the whole yellow cake thing, and he's just like, we think China. <laughs> we start doing anthrax mailing, and they're just like, every the whole world is just in awe that we're doing the same, but with a straight face. It's just Biden so, instead of Bush. <laughs> so I have an idea. At some point after after this whole thing gets uploaded, and, and we've given the intelligence community sufficient time to review it and learn about our man master plan, <laughs> you and I, we need to go to Venice Airport. All right, and we just need to hang out at Venice Airport where the 9-11 hijackers learn to fly, and we just need to pitch our idea to people. Let's just sit there and pitch our idea to people and see how long it takes for the fucking FBI. To it's just, no, it's just the planes take off from the same airports, 
they hit the same fucking buildings. And yeah, we'll we'll be sitting there like three months prior to this happening. We'll just be like, listen, you don't understand. It's going to happen again. That's why we're here. We came back in time. The AI sent us back in time. They're going to pull 9-11 twice. They're going to do the same thing. <laughs> what I mean, what if they did the same thing? To the point where it's like, I mean, literally, every there's like people are like looking at the Pentagon, and then all of a sudden, just like one of the sides of it explodes, and it's like a plane hit, and everyone's like, I didn't see a plane, and it's like, fuck off, a plane hit. <laughs> you, you know, the biggest clusterfuck is after the whole thing's over, people will start scratching their head and be like, wait a second, building building seven's back. That that should be like the one thing uh, that we change is that somehow in this whole thing, oh, no, we either oh, we, no, we no, prop no, building no, seven no, back. We'll ha- no, we'll have. We'll have a we'll have another we'll have like the Woolworth building. It's like it's like two hundred yards away. We'll just have that. Collapse. I, I want to put a building there that wasn't there before, though, just as the ultimate mindfuck, like just to make people think. What what is it? Um, what do they call that? Uh, the Mandela yeah, effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, let, let's Mandela effect people. Let's no, put a building there that no, wasn't there. No, no, no. I think I think you just have to go identical. Like a third building, like the World Finance Building, one of those just collapses at like five p.m. <laughs> and everyone's like, "What the?" F-? And like Biden takes off, they land it off it, and then they come back, and it's like, "What the fuck?" And it's like, "We will not stop until we we go and we bomb Tora Bora or wherever." And everyone's like, "Why the fuck are you guys in Afghanistan?" And then on like March third or whatever, we invade China. But it's like people know it's coming. They're like, they're gonna do it on this date, and we just do it on the exact date. In late in late twenty twenty three, Biden goes on an aircraft carrier and says, "Mission accomplished." He walks out with a flight suit. You know, at a certain point, it just like the invasion of Iraq becomes an every once a decade exercise. Just, <laughs> what if we, dude? What if we just did the same exact thing? What if we didn't even do it with China? What if we just did it with Afghanistan and Iraq again? Because isn't Biden doesn't Biden want to withdraw all troops on September 11th, 2021? What if we did it on 9/11, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> and we and we go back and we're like we're gonna hunt down the Taliban, and it's like it turns out that you know Bin Laden's son. <laughs> and it's like we have to go get Bin Laden, and then it turns out Saddam's son, Timmy Osman Jr. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, Saddam, one of Saddam's sons, somehow regains power in Iraq, and we're like, Colin Powell comes up and he's like, we think they're. Uday Hussein has his brain has been recovered and put into like a mecha Hitler suit. No, no, no. It just it can't even be that. It just has to be like his like grandson or something. And it's like we have to go, you know. And it's like. It's the same exact thing, and like, like we have to. Colin Powell comes out, and he's like, "We think they're creating WMDs," and we're all like, "Holy shit, we need to go in and get them." And if anyone just points out the obvious, just fucking ignore them, and they will be like, "This is such, this is the biggest unzipping the pants and putting your balls on the table." We're just, I mean, down to the minute, like the first plane hits the Freedom Tower at eight forty-six a.m on like the 92nd floor and it's and it's the same tail number on the plane we put the we just we just list the same we the fbi finds the passports on the street again and they're just like oh my god it's just the same thing all the fucking 
all the emergency services are outside. And they're like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> they're like, you gotta go in. They're not gonna collapse. But you don't want asbestos. <laughs> Dude, it's just the same fucking thing again. And the ultimate power move. <laughs> it's, the, it's the big. You know what? Fuck this whole false flag with China. We just do this. Let's do it again. <laughs> we do everything identically, but instead of instead of the hijackers' passports, two passports come in fall down and it's the passports of the two guys who authored unrestricted warfare <laughs> we find them on the street and kevin hartz <laughs> there's three passports it's the unrestricted warfare colonels and kevin hartz, and, kevin hartz. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah xi jinping claim claims the attack from a cave in abadabad and he's like we will bring america to its knees and we're all like fuck they don't even try to fake it it's just rush limbaugh they just rush limbaugh's voice it's clearly ai it's a deep fake but he's like we need to go get the chinese they're attacking our land it's just this, <laughs> the patriots win the super bowl again i mean this is how you just drive the world mad Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl again. Why not at this against, point? against the Rams? He wins the Super Bowl against the Rams, and it's just it's at the, Janet Jackson shows her nipple at the halftime show. I mean, we just we just get back on the ride and we do it again. That is how that is how you beat down the morale of the world. If they're just like they did it again. What, what's I forget the name of the comedian. It's like you know maybe we should just dig up a dead dude as president or whatever because at least then people will be like these guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> and, and and I forget the comedian that made that joke or whatever. But you know to an extent like yeah if you put your balls on the table like that and you're just willing to do that it's like are you really like we just turned we're turning the Iraqi invasion into an every ten year military exercise. It's not even a real war anymore. All right, it's just an exercise. All right, you want to fuck with us? We're turning real countries into exercise. <laughs> Biden runs this for eight years, and Michelle Obama runs in 2028 on a platform of hope and change. It's just everyone's like, everyone's like, what the fuck? big Mike? Everybody's just like, what the fuck? Donald Trump runs in 2036 against Hillary Clinton. It's just everyone. I think it was Tim Dillon said he was like. When the left points at the right and says Herman Cain died of COVID, he goes, you just turn directly, he goes, you flip the insanity on them and you say Herman Cain's not dead. And they go, what are you talking about? He's alive. And you bring Herman Cain's corpse and you bring him on the circuit. His corpse does Sean Hannity. It does Tucker Carlson. It's clearly decomposing have the anchor ask a question that's what it's embalming fluid it, for man it, it'll be fine the corpse is just sitting there and tucker asks a question the corpse obviously doesn't say anything but tucker just keeps going on as if he's having a, you just bring it on all the circuits it does the fox news it reminds me of what what was it clint eastwood talking to the empty chair yeah, thing yeah yeah it's but with a corpse yeah but it's just her, that is how that's how we do it it's you, you just go full insanity that's what we do I hate to say 40k did everything, but this is this is why the Imperium of Mankind worships a dead dude on a throne. Essentially, <laughs> I think this is what we have to do, man. Or do, it's, or it, do we make it's, the false flag so obvious? Do we have like do we have a bunch of soldiers that are that are dressed and they're and they're waving Chinese flags as they're running into like New Orleans on Mardi Gras and they're shooting everyone? 
and they're like they, they're leaving behind fortune cookies and stuff and like do we do do we make it so obvious that it's well, not well here's the thing we we can't we can't send black water in because eventually we're going to use harp to cook the atmosphere and make another hurricane katrina right yeah, we're redoing everything that's coming right? in 2020 so yeah. so we can't send black water in there so why not send Blackwater with Chinese characteristics and we find like the Chinese version that you know Eric Prince's boys trained over there and we send them in and then they commit war crimes in New Orleans <laughs> Jesus we just, we just do all the same shit this fall there's an anthrax scare it's just Hurricane Katrina 2 <laughs> Hurricane Katrina it's just it comes back I mean, that is how you drive. That is how you break down all opposition. Is you, and but no one ever breaks character, and we do, and we send a hundred thousand more troops to Iraq. We have Wesley Clark come out and be like, "We're going to do seven countries in five years." <laughs> do we have? Does Bush only has daughters, right? We can't bring in another Bush. I think that was the case. I yeah. Think, no, we have Biden. Hey, there, hey, if we give Jeb meth. Like if we meth Jeb up enough, maybe we maybe we'll get a little bit of George out of him. Maybe that's it's what we're doing right now. Is we're propping up a guy that clearly has dementia, and we're orchestrating ground-based intermediate nuclear weapons all around China. I mean, it almost is an exertion of power. It's so obviously we're putting those old man balls right on their forehead yeah it's it's this isn't even pro or against biden i'm just saying it's so clearly the deep state at the wheel that maybe this is what we're doing we're just like oh it's time to go attack china and it's just like i mean or or is what we're doing are we laying the groundwork for the the tic-tac and the pyramid ufos are the are those UFOs gonna just, for whatever reason, they go Independence Day, but only within the borders of China? They really, they leave the rest of the world alone, but they just level China, and we're just like, wow. We don't even know what those things are. Our why, Navy didn't even know how to handle that. Why did they? We we couldn't stop them. I mean, they were far superior to us. I know. Did you see them? They were triangles and shit. <laughs> it's just like, wow. You know, it's like, that wasn't us. They didn't have the American insignia on it. They clearly were of, you know, they were aliens. And yeah. We just have, like, some corn-fed Iowa boy come out there and just be like, well, you know, we've sure had our best men on and everything. But, you know, I, I asked them what was going on, and they said, sir, we don't know nothing about no triangles. And, you know, next thing you know, they popped up in China there, and, you know, China was gone. And we just and we, we send in, like, hospital ships, and we're like, hey, China, we're here to lend a hand, you know. We know that your entire military centers have been destroyed. Oddly enough, they took out all of your submarine uh, pens, but, you know, I don't know why they did that, but uh, Bob Lazar comes out and he's like, that was them. That was the sport model UFO. <laughs> Just... Leather seats and all. <laughs> that's, that's le- that, you know, that is an approach that we haven't talked about before, is what if we did an alien invasion, but only on one country? <laughs> we just were like... <laughs> We were like, oh my God. We send out the Space Force. We send out companies. We send out ExxonMobil to the asteroid belt, and all of a sudden, asteroids just keep hitting Beijing. Well, Russia's been ahead of us on the little green man game for a little while, but um, I, I think we could definitely. That's a way that we could go about this is definitely what if we just blue beam China? 
specifically China, and we humiliate them by using our, our massive hologram technology to portray both Xi Jinping as Winnie the Pooh coming out of a cave to meet with his handler, little Timmy Osmond Jr. <laughs> what if what if we're like the Chinese have unrivaled power? They've put together a team of supervillains. Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Timothy. Meanwhile at the Legion of Doom. Yeah, and it's like, it shows Fox, you know, it's like CNN covering like the invasion of Baghdad, like the shock and awe in 2003. It's just us zooming in on like Mount Doom. It's clearly cut from Lord of the Rings. And it's just like, it's Lee Harvey Oswald recreated with genetic technology. It's Lee Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes Booth, Benedict Arnold, uh, fucking Punches Pilot. It's just <laughs> everyone that's evil. And it's like they've all gathered to run the Chinese Empire. It's just like we have to take them out. There's no way we can fight against this. You know what? It's literally Mecha Hitler. His brain's in a jar and he's been giving them orders for years. I think. What if Biden literally just came out and they did like. They did like a, an American Idol where you can vote on your phone, text this to number that, and they, he was just like, "I feel like that's how our foreign policy establishment works." <laughs> Biden comes out on TV and goes, "Medicare for all," but we're invading China. Yes or no? Text one or text two, and if it's over fifty-one percent, fuck it. <laughs> Or just go to chat. Drop ones in the chat, boys. No, no false flags. No nothing. Just go and list. What if that's what it is? Just outright, yo. We don't even dance around it. We're like, how about we go rape and pillage China for their resources? <laughs> like, I feel at a certain point, you can just drop the mask. That's that's why I aspire to live in the world of Warhammer 40k because that's where you can just do that. That's where you can just be like, you know what? It's not just national security. It's for sake of human security. I think, Human security. I think what we need is we need like <laughs> we need Mattis to come out and be like, look, if China keeps rising, you're not going to be able to sit around with your stimulus checks, getting Uber Eats, watching Netflix. We need five years of an A effort. Do this, and then you can have another fifty years of sloth-like activity. I think they could. You know. It might be one strategy for him to win the respect that he lost when he uh, went all went all limp dick. What if uh, <laughs> what if they literally just like parents? What if they just turned off the internet? They just turned. We just did a high altitude EMP over our own country. We just turned off Netflix and Facebook and fried every machine. You want to play more games? You got to defeat go at, the Chinese. You got to go. You got to go, defeat the Chinese before you can watch Netflix. And we're all Problem like, is, realistically, I'm more afraid of them doing that with Russia right now than I am China. Dude, I I wouldn't at this point. Honestly, I died. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it if we just build some mechs. Honestly, it's at this point. I don't know. I don't think we need to do intricate false flags anymore. I think, honestly, I think we could just nuke Beijing. And we could just, no, because you have so many proxies too that you can lead on and use. So that, I mean, that's why proxy just, warfare we'll is so just popular. Nuke them and be like, oh, that was a that was a terrorist. And we'd all just be like, oh, alien man. man. It was a, be like, dude, it was an sucks. alien triangle, man. Yeah, I, I think you. Honestly, I think with the United States, and then we got to wrap this up. My brain's fried. 
I think what we honestly need to do is just contact, like, the United States just needs to contact G and all the top generals and their families and just pull an Operation Paperclip. You guys come over here. We'll nuke your country. Call it a day. <laughs> I think they'd probably take us up on it. They would, actually. Yeah, that's the, that's the fucked up thing. But the problem is we, we still... Going back to the... the, the we need manual just just because we want to job to America doesn't mean we want to collapse China's ability to manufacture. Matter of fact, part of the reason I want to collapse the CCP is because I want the Chinese to have better abilities at manufacturing, just in a way that we are competing with in a way that makes sense. And the paperclip thing is going to happen no matter what, because the Chinese elites are already trying to you know figure out how to get their money out outside of the country and flee. So the paperclip thing, you know, in, in a strategy of elite capture is going to happen no matter what. But at the end of the day, if we're going to do anything that is going to cause mass casualties, it's going to be biological warfare. It's going to be, well, you know, and, and chemicals and stuff like that or, or some kind of binary compound <laughs> weapon that you can, you know, spray on protesters. You spray you spray the weak strain on everybody and then you go up to, you know, your um, your actual demagogues that are, you know, leading and organizing things and you give them the booster, so to speak. And that's the, that's the end of the day. Maybe, maybe... We literally just released COVID twenty one, and it starts in Wuhan again. Maybe that's how you degrade morale. Is <laughs> you just you just start? We just start doing Groundhog Day. We just start just re- doing it over and over and repeat. over until everyone loses their mind. We just repeat, repeat every nine eleven. Want the first, the second, the, yeah. So right, every nine eleven of the first year of the decade. Two planes take out towers in New York. The Pentagon gets hit. Happens every ten years to the day. It's like it's like the Aurora Borealis or something. It's like a blue moon. Everyone knows it's coming. And you know, by the tenth time, there's so many cameras on the Pentagon, and no one can catch it. They're just like, oh wow, must have come in so fast. The, The airliner must have come in at light speed because our 240 FPS cameras didn't catch it. And every every year after Colin Powell comes out until he's 100, and he's like, I believe there are WMDs in Iraq. And we're all just like... Listen, these are the kind of ritual sacrifices we have to make if we want to properly honor our Silicon Jesus and bring them into, him. The, into our existence and our lives. Yeah, man. I mean, this you know, at the very least, this podcast this episode serves to exist as my argument for all future legal battles that I'm criminally insane. I I feel like that, you know, if there's one good benefit we get from this, it's when anyone, I mean, no matter how you slice it up, when we get to the idea of we're just going to off, you know, fucking Kevin Hart and the rock at that point, I feel like I am protected in it. Anyone that wants to take legal action against me, like there's going to be some feds and they're going to look through that. And it's like, you realize that we're going to have to listen to this whole fucking thing in the courtroom again, right? We're going to have to listen to it twice, twice. We're going to have to listen to this shit twice. You really want to do that? Leave him alone. Leave him alone. All right. Listen, he's just talking shit at Venice Airport. All right. He's not actually going to do anything. (laughs) I think what they need to do, man, 
is I think they just need to do everything that we talked about in this podcast because no one would possibly believe it. They would just keep pointing back to this podcast and they'd be like, you really think we're taking orders from these two podcasters? Right. Like The Rock and Kevin Hart get invitations to go to Beijing and like looking at each other. <laughs> it's like, you should go, man. You should go. They like, instead of posthumously, they posthumously they get medals of honor. Like, what the fuck's this for? We'll find out. <laughs> just, just go. Congressional Medal of Freedom for everybody. Here you go. Just go over there. Just go over there. You know, it's the Olympics come around and we stop sending astronauts up to the ISS. We're like, just go. Just do it. For Don't your, worry about it. Do it for it's your time. Well, David, we set the record. Five hours and eleven minutes. It's been a fun one. I thought the last one fried my brain a bit, and you know, I didn't even know how wrong I was. That felt like a bit of a cakewalk because not only did we go down the blue beam AI rabbit hole and into theology again, but we did it while putting together goddamn some of the most genius sadistic plans. It is that um, that probably shouldn't be posted to the internet for legal purposes, but goddamn it, we're doing it again. It's got to go up. We're doing it. It's got to go up. It all comes back to Exxon. It all comes back to always has. Come on, Exxon. You know you want this talent. You know you want what we're about. Who else is going to give you shit that's fucked up? If we can paint you in this evil of a picture for free, imagine how we can paint BP for some money. Right? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. This was off the top of our heads for free. You give me 250K. This is the free trial with a little splash screen or whatever. Like, this, you know, this like has you're the getting the trial version. Yeah, this is the watermark trial version. You don't get all the tools. Not you can't if you try to click on like the HD export button. It's like unlock this feature for ninety nine dollars a month. Hey, BP, Exxon, whoever, PETA, DNC, RNC, Apple, Microsoft, hire us. We will paint. We will paint China. No, I don't think we can work for China. I think that's where we draw no. the line. No, no CCP. We don't work for you. But Pakistan, but anyway, if you want us to paint India in this light, you can wire trade. Pack ISI, get Emron A1 over here. I want the car dealerships. Let's go. You can hire us. We will United Launch Alliance if you want us to paint SpaceX. We we are propaganda to go. This is like those flash mob companies where you can hire protesters. Yeah, we will. We will paint your enemy. At, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, man. You know, we're we're just we're whoring ourselves out, saying, "Give us money, we will develop targets." Give him money. I don't even need it. I just do this shit for fun. I just, I just really, I have a sadistic mind, and I can't turn it off. I, I just like money. thinking about how to fuck shit up. I need the money. <laughs> and multinationals. Government bodies, heads of state. I, I need the money. I know David doesn't. I do. You can you can wire it to me. And uh, just one last time for the DOJ or any future governing body. This entire podcast was a hypothetical comedic rant. I don't wish for anything on anybody. Even though Maxine Waters tells us to be more confrontational, Maxine Waters did tell us. This is, you know, she's she's the leader. At the end of the day, if anyone does anything fucked up, 
She said to do it. It was her. She was job. the one that gave the advice. She thinks we're just we're just a strategist to pick up off of, off of her momentum. She is the one that wants Kim and Hart gone. It's true. At the end of the day, she feels threatened by his uh, his. I don't know. Is he taller than her? I think Maxine Waters might be taller. Than she Kevin. might be taller. <laughs> maybe it's the, maybe it's a threat. I want for Spotify. I've never hit the limit. Because, you know, like uh, YouTube, I think the video limit is 10 hours to upload. Spotify, yeah, is to, right. Spotify is purely a data thing where you can't upload, I think, larger than, I think, 250 megabytes for a file. It's super tiny. But because it's all audio, I mean, even a three-hour podcast is under that threshold. So for, mm-hmm. for an audio site, that's actually a very big file. Th- whereas like YouTube is, I think, that your limit's like 100 gigabytes per video. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know if we're going to be able to get this up in one shot. This might be uh, Magic, might to, the, the two-parter. It might have to upload a two-parter. But, David, we did it. We did it. We did five hours. And the old record stood for about a year. This record might stand for about another year. You know, and whoever's up and coming and, and looking to break this record, you know, your brain will be fried by the end of it. Um, you, will, you will go down rabbit holes you never thought you would go down, but it will, will be fun. You will base jump down rabbit holes. You will. In conclusion, a global war with China, or at least the preemptive preparations for one, will save America and usher in a Silicon Jesus to save us all from psychopaths like ourselves. It's kind of an Oedipus self-fulfilling thing but it works I mean do we need an AI Jesus to save us from us what if we just didn't do the things in the first place well then then the warmer the engine just ticks over and we just keep keep stroking the engine you're right so we keep doing it until we create our silicon Jesus or you know we just keep doing it for the sake of doing it either way it's happening either way we're just playing fetch with God (laughs) Exactly. The big tennis ball. That's right. God designed us to be some sadistic motherfuckers, and if he didn't want us to be, he wouldn't have put us in a target rich environment. Hydra Dominatus, boys. (laughs) Let's wrap this up. I'm going to go play video games and listen to Tim Dillon. I need to let my brain breathe. Right. I'm feeling the same way. Have a good one, man. All right, man. You as well, David. God bless. Take care, buddy.